Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Deneen White. Today I have the pleasure and honor of bringing you Valerie Smalldone to the show. Valerie, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, Deneen, good morning. Thanks for having me. This is fun. This is so much fun. I'm so excited. Mike and Allie kept saying, okay, you know who you're interviewing today. I was like, I know. Don't worry. We're going to have a great time. You know what's funny is so, that I am so I'm so uncomfortable being interviewed. I am so much in the place of an interviewer, as you know, I do so many of them, but to be on the other side is odd for me. So I hope I'm not a bore. <laughs> I, I, I have I have no thoughts in my mind that you're gonna be boring at all, Valerie. So I'm I was really I've been really excited to have you on the podcast since we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So, um, Thank you. as you know, my audience, oh, you're so welcome. As you know, my audience is primarily people who are entering the entertainment industry. So can we start by um, just talking about how you got your start in the entertainment industry? Absolutely, sure. Uh, you know, I've always been oriented toward this field, and entertainment is a huge umbrella, right? When we say entertainment, what does that mean? When I was a kid, I was, you know, seven years old, I was struck by the theater bug. And I was just in love with anything live entertainment. And I did a lot of plays when I was in school and high school and college and even studied with the Royal Academy for a summer in New York. It was a wonderful experience. I was always very oriented toward theater and live entertainment. At the same time, I wanted to earn a living which I think is a good idea. <laughs> so yeah. I was introduced to the radio field through really my dad was very focused on radio. He listened to radio all the time, whether it was opera from the Metropolitan Opera House or news or talk, he loved radio. And this is a, a fun story. He took me to, this was many years ago, Deneen, there was a restaurant in Queens, New York called the Broadcasters Inn literally was a restaurant with a radio station in the middle of it. And there was this guy spinning records while people were eating their spaghetti, watching him spin records. So it was an odd conflagration of things, but I was sort of, I was smitten by that idea. I mean, certainly eating is always good, but, but the idea of radio yes, yes. Uh, and c- could I do this? Could this be something, could this be a path for me? So when I got to Fordham university in, in New York, they have, a unique radio station. It's 50,000 watts, which is enormous. It covers the entire metro area. I was a freshman. I was 17 years old, and I walked into the radio station and said, how does this work? What do I do to be involved? That was the question. From that question, cut to today. It really, it was that path. And I started getting involved by auditioning for the announcer's workshop. I was accepted. And I was trained by my peers. Other students that were older that had experience would train the younger people. And I did everything. I did everything one could do from rip and read, which was you, know, you rip the newswire uh, and read a newscast, to writing, to producing, to a radio program. And my first radio show at Fordham's 
station, WFUV, which is now a public radio station, was called Showstoppers. And this is significant because today I host a radio show called Bagels and Broadway. And so I'm still doing what I love to do, which was incorporating theater with radio. And I find that if you have this tremendous passion for something, you'll always find an avenue to get to where you need to go. It will happen. It's sort of like magic in a way <laughs> when I think about it. Yeah. So that well, was that, the beginning. Fantastic. That was the beginning for me. Okay. That's awesome. I love that it's, it all started in a, um, in a restaurant where they were broadcasting and you were eating. That's fantastic. Cause I, it's, yeah. Because it's amazing how, um, like, a moment like that can really shape a career, can shape the trajectory of what you want to do. And it's also really cool that you are um, that you have that you have a show now called Bagels and Broadway. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So after my my four years at Fordham and doing radio, I was actually hired. Uh, while I was at the uh, school, I was hired by a local radio station in Westchester, New York. And that, I never left New York City, which is unusual for people in this field. People generally go to smaller markets. I stayed in the outskirts of New York. And by the time I was 24, I was working in New York radio. And I stayed there for a very long time as a music radio host. And I left that job on a high note, I was top rated, everything was great, but I felt that I wanted to do something else in the field. And I was basically, when you have a job for so many years, you're doing the same thing only different day after a while. And I felt I wanted to be more of a personality because I was doing a music show, which had a specific format. I wanted to be, I wanted to find my personality. I didn't even know what it was. I was so used to being regimented in the format that I was in. And I, after some time, it, it comes back to what do you love? What moves you in your life? And it comes back to mm-hmm. theater, live entertainment, food. Remember, I was back in that broadcaster's in eating food and wine, yeah. which I'm very passionate about. I love to cook. I love to um, meet chefs. So there's that whole world. And food, theater, and radio. And so I combined those ideas, and I had the opportunity, uh, now coming up on almost two years, I had the opportunity to bring this concept to a New York City radio station where once a week I have a one-hour radio show devoted to simply that, theater and food on the radio. It's not a music station. It's it's talk. And so I was able to develop, I hope, I was able to develop more of a personality, more of a point of view rather than a host saying that was so-and-so and the weather today is this and this. You know, it, it, I was able to develop more personality on a talk show. And so Bagels and Broadway brings to the listener uh, interviews, conversations with people on and off Broadway, the people behind the scenes that make theater happen. I'm fascinated by everything that goes on when you're off the stage, the people who run the lights or who do the concessions or who uh, pick the, the orchestra. All of that creates such beautiful um, opportunities in theater. So I have these conversations. I have a little news brief about theater. And then I talk about food, food restaurants opening and closing in New York or new food products that are coming out that, that are making news. So it's this amalgam of everything that I love. And I know not only I, but people love to talk about restaurants, food, wine, 
the latest show that they saw. This is this is what makes life great. This is what makes life great because yeah. otherwise, you know, what what do we have? <laughs> yeah, I like it. It sounds amazing to me. Like you, you definitely combine all of my favorite things into one show as well. And especially being in New York City, there's such a vibrant restaurant scene. There's such a vibrant theater scene. And, like, the thing is, is, like, a lot of people don't – I think a lot of times the people that do, like, the jobs that you mentioned, like the, um, like, the one who picks the orchestra or the different parts of that, like, those positions on Broadway are kind of overlooked. Like, the people who know about theater – uh, know that that's there, but the, your average theater goers, like if you go to see Phantom of the Opera, for example, like you're focused on the Phantom. You're not focused on all the other little mm-hmm. pieces. So I love that you bring mm-hmm. to light all those other pieces as well. And yes, and, and I yes, because I'm fascinated by that myself, and I think that they are the unsung heroes of the of the industry. And I also focus a lot on the working actor. What I mean by that is somebody who you may not know, they may not have a star name, but they consistently work. They go to the theater or they go do the TV shows, whatever they do, they have, their, their career is actor. And you say, oh, who's that person? Oh, yeah, I saw that person in uh, Law and Order or, oh, yeah, I saw that person on Broadway. And they continue to work. And this is something that we, I, I don't think people focus enough on. They focus too much on the stardom part of it rather than mm-hmm. the actual day-to-day that makes makes it happen. These people don't need to be stars. They need to have, they need to be paid and they need to have insurance and they need to feed their family. They're working like everybody else, you know, and I find that fascinating too. Yeah. And if you think about it, like if the show, if any show only had the star, it would be so one dimensional because you need all of the moving parts on the show. Like you need those, those extras or those featured extras or the people that just like come and go. Like you need all of those parts to make any show vibrant. Otherwise, like it would, you would just be watching monologues and dialogues and it would just be, it was very boring. So I love that. That's awesome too, because I think um, a lot of my listeners, like I, I interviewed one woman the other day and she's like, yeah, I want to star in, a Marvel movie. I'm like, okay, well, what else have you done? And like, I think a lot of times people take for granted that there's a lot more than just being the star of the show. Well, this is a whole nother topic. We can talk about this for a week. Um, I think that people who are in this industry have to examine why. And I think this is an important uh, sort of exercise for everybody. Why are you attracted to this industry? And, And a lot of people tend to want that, ego boost of stardom and recognition um, when that's just such a tiny piece of it um, for, for so, such yeah. a small section of the population. Uh, but if you say to me, I want to be in this because I love the craft or I love the process of learning a part. I love breaking down a role uh, or it's important because a lot of the themes that we see today in theater and music or uh, movies are reflective of our culture, of our society. It needs to it needs to have a space so we can have a conversation about it. You know, so it, so I'd like people to examine why they are attracted to this industry. And for me, if you just say because I want my name in lights, I think that's something that needs to be further examined. That's just my thought. That's my idea. Yeah. No, you know? I could... And yeah. Also, I think when people are doing well and they're working and but they don't have that recognition and they still say well if only 
Look at what you do have. Look at what you have done. Look at what you've accomplished and the experiences you've had, the people you've met along the way. That's all part of it. It's not, it's not about getting to be a star because, as you and I know, Denise, so many people, once they get there, are still so unhappy. It doesn't, does not help yeah. them in any way. In fact, sometimes it's worse. Yeah, you definitely have to find – I love that you just said, like, everything you said about the why because that's something – I mean, as you know, I work with the coaching program for VIP Ignite, and that's, like, the, literally the first question I ask anyone on any podcast is, like, okay, like, can you tell me why you're doing this? Because an indicator of success that I've seen is if someone has a really strong why that goes well beyond, like you said, wanting the ego boost or wanting my name in light, then they're going to be in it for the long haul. But the people that I interview that say, oh, you know, I want to be famous or I want to make people laugh, like it has to go a lot deeper than that because if your whole goal is to be famous, first of all, like what is it, like 1% of the people, is, 1% of actors are actually famous, first of all. And that's not a statistic that I've researched, but it's a very small percentage. But the other thing is, is like if you just want to – Make if you want to entertain people, that's fantastic. But there has to be something deeper, like you said, because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of repetition in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of practice. There's a lot of things that go on that people don't see until they're actually in it. There are a lot of auditions. There are a lot of um, there's just a lot more that goes into it than that that moment on the red carpet. So I love that oh, you yeah. address that. And I think like, that's something oh, yeah. that's something that we tell people all the time. Like you really need to have a really strong why. Otherwise you might as well just pack up and like go work at your local store or something like that because you'll have better mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you, the 1% is also probably in terms of money, because if you go to the union, SAG-AFTRA is the uh, TV and radio union not theater, that's equity, but SAG-AFTRA, there are thousands and thousands of actors and members that are working. And then the 1% are the people that are earning extraordinary amounts of money, right? But the rest of them are still working and they're making a living. And so that's something to to really consider. Um, How much do you love this work? And if you don't love it, maybe just one piece of it is not for you. Maybe you want to find another way. You know, uh, as you know, I I teach voiceover and I coach people and often I hear, just like you, I want to be in a Disney animation film. I'm like, oh, well, so do I. (laughs) So, you know, but but there's a lot of other things to do. There's a lot of other things you can do that are just as satisfying, but you just won't be in a Disney movie, that's all. So I I think we all have to consider it very carefully, you know. Yeah. And I know, um, since you mentioned voiceover, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think um, from the research that I've done and just talking to you a few times, I never understood just how robust the voiceover industry is. So can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's something that a lot of people can do that would help them, like you said, pay the bills and be a part of the entertainment industry. So can you speak a little bit about the voiceover industry? Sure. So, I always say to my students that, especially if they're in the acting field already, this is just another tool in your toolkit that you may want to consider honing, right? So um, let's say, oh, my gosh, let's say you have, you know, you sprained an ankle and you can't be on stage, but your voice is still working, right? So 
as an actor, your body is so important to everything you do, your health, your body, your movement, all of this, right? But it's always great to have more um, knowledge, more wisdom, so that you can grasp more in the field. So this is the one thing I, I say to anybody who's an actor. The voiceover industry has exploded for one reason that is, well, there are many reasons, but the top reason is because of technology. Technology has allowed anybody the access to this field. The way that we have changed, it's, Deneen, it's exponential from the begin, my beginnings in this field because I started doing voiceovers again when I was very young, and it was a very small group of people that had the ability to do this. I was lucky, and I got into the field in New York City, and I was working consistently. I had an agent, but there were just a few of us. Today, mm-hmm. anybody can do it because it is the barriers to entry are gone. The cost is nil, very small to get involved. Uh, and we can mm-hmm. find potential jobs on casting sites, online, on LinkedIn, on, in groups, it, relationship building. There are jobs to be had. So you're right. It's extremely yeah. robust. Having said that, because the barriers to entry are gone, everybody is jumping in the pool. So there are several yeah. things you need to do to arm yourself. One is to learn the craft of voiceover. The second is to understand how you technically, technologically do this, technically do this. You have to be a self-producer. You have to know how to edit and send files, which we never had to do before. You know, back in the day, you'd walk into a studio Somebody else did all that work. You walked out. It was a cushy job. Today, you have to have a little bit more knowledge to be in the game. You should know more. You, you have to know more. And the third piece of it is yeah. marketing yourself. How do you, once you're ready, once you have your demos, once you have your equipment, once you feel like you, you're ready and solid, how do you market yourself? So those three elements are extremely important for anybody who's interested in the field today. It's absolutely doable. It's absolutely doable, mm-hmm. and I can tell you I've had students. Uh, I teach at School of Visual Arts, a workshop there, as well as private coaching. I have had students who get back to me and say, thank you, and I've been doing this, this, and this, and I see them on Instagram all the time because they are at it. They're, they're working at it, and they're making it a daily routine to market themselves and to improve on what they've done before because, like anything else, you have to be, keep growing. You have to keep learning and growing. Yeah. It never stops. Never yeah. stops. Yeah. That's awesome. We've actually, um, after your voiceover workshop that you did with us in September, we have one girl in particular who is marketing herself and going all out trying um, to do the voiceover. She took everything that you said so seriously. And, like, for for weeks, like, every day she was sending me, how do you think? Do you think I improved? I did this. Do you like this? Do you like that? So, it's amazing that um, the influence that you've had already over some of our people just, and I can only imagine all of your students at the school that you teach at too, just because um, like people are very motivated. Like once they learn, okay, I can do this and you give them the tools that they, that they need. It's amazing to see people grow and flourish with it. So yes. It's, and that's it's, and awesome. I find out as, as I'm sure you do, because you're a coach. I find that the number – this is a, such an interesting thing, having been teaching now for well over 10 years. Um, the one thing that I didn't expect 
I thought I had to have all the answers, like, oh, I'll just, you know, give them all the information, all the tools. What I did not expect is the number one thing is I need to give them the permission to do it because people are afraid. Yeah. The fear, the fear factor is huge and they feel silly yeah. and they feel I, I shouldn't, I'm not deserving of it. And that is, I never expected that, Deneen, to be almost like, yeah. um, like uh, a psychologist in a way to uh, give them the permission to do it. And there's this sort of spirit that's lifted when I see that, when I see that they say, okay, I can move forward. I'm able to do this. It's, I don't have to stop myself. I shouldn't be ashamed of this or feel funny that I have this desire to be in this field. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yes, that honestly, I actually wrote that down as you were saying that because that's one thing that I've found the most fascinating also is that people like come to us, they're like, okay, I need your help. I want to do this. And you give them all the tools. And like you said, it's never clicked in my head until you literally, until you just said it. They're like, what we do is we give them the permission to live out their dreams or to live out their desires. I've, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that never occurred to me, <laughs> like, because that, that's exactly what we're doing every day that we're, that we're coaching people and we're teaching people. We're giving them the permission that they need to or that they desire, not that they need, it's that they desire to actually pursue their dreams. Yeah, because a lot of That's, people have been taught, and rightly so. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not minimizing the idea that you need to make a living, uh, you know, a decent living to live in the world today, especially in the Northeast, right? As many of us yeah, live in New York, yeah. New Jersey, Philly area, it's expensive. Um, but yeah. They, they were sort of um, socialized to think that that was what other people do and that's silly and that's just, a, that's just a fantasy. So they're socialized that way and they're programmed that way. And I have to sort of deprogram them and take away that um, feeling of I can't or I shouldn't or I, I, I mustn't and the fear of it too because there's the fear of feeling silly or what if I can't do it. And, and I tell you mm-hmm. what, everybody – can do it and I have seen improvement I don't think there is one student I, I, I mean this and I'm not I'm not just saying this I don't think there's one student I've had that has not improved after getting rid of the you know letting the fear go and working with with a coach and and doing the work they've all improved they've all improved yeah you know will they yeah. be the, the next the next uh you know voice on a campaign for Campbell's I don't know I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's the growth. It's the process that is so important for people to understand, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. The journey is so important because, and like we talk about this with our, with our people, with our clients all the time is that like, it's a part of the journey. Like I, I, yesterday I had someone who was um, sending me a message. I was trying, I want to get her on the podcast. She's like, Deneen, I don't feel like I deserve to be on the podcast. I'm like, no, you don't understand. We're chronicling your journey here. So everything in the, everything that we're doing is all about the journey. And as long, like you said, like as long as someone puts in the effort, if anyone who puts in the effort is going to grow, it's almost like, it's almost like a law. Like if you put in the effort, you have to grow. Mm-hmm. That's a good law. <laughs> yeah. That's a good law. Like, I think we're going to, we're going to, we we should so so it is written so it is done. I think that's the law that we need to put into place. But it, it seems like it seems like anyone like anyone I know that um, puts in the effort, even if you put in a little effort, it's amazing how much you'll grow. Imagine if you actually put all of your effort behind something. 
Right, right. It's true. And mm-hmm. it's an endless um, opportunity. It's really up to you. It's the blank canvas that you can paint and create. Yeah. And I know people have complicated lives. They have families. They have children. They have elderly parents. They have bills to pay. I get it. I get it. But we do look at your life and see where time is apportioned to something that can be redirected toward the this field, you know, whether it's, you know, mm. I don't I, I don't know what it is that you do. We all waste time on something. So mm-hmm. take that time yeah. and make it productive. You know, find it. Yeah. Find it in your schedule. Yeah, you only have one life to live, so you might as well live out the thing that make that excites you, that makes you want to get up in the morning versus the thing that you have to do to pay the bills. So why not why not put your effort towards something that's going to make you excited to wake up on a Monday morning? Perfectly said. I agree. Well done. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, so one thing I would love to ask you, Valerie, is like you've had an amazing career. Your career is amazing. What is one obstacle that you've had to overcome that you've, that you've overcome that's really made you stronger? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Well, there are many obstacles. Um, we all have them whether they're internal obstacles, whether they're societal obstacles. Uh, I have been very lucky because I, you know, as a woman, people always say, you know, it's difficult or you've had, have you had problems? That's one area I, I can't say I have. I have always been in an environment where I never thought about my gender. I didn't care about it. I think maybe that's the key. I didn't think about it. I just did it. And I think perhaps mm-hmm. with that, with that experience, people accepted it in that way. I also came along at a time when the, the uh, entry was there for women starting to get into the field, so that wasn't an obstacle. What I think for me, I, I'll be 100% honest, I'm never concerned about the work, okay? I feel really confident about the work that I, have, that I do. My yeah. anxiety comes in in the preparation, meaning getting there, like if I have to travel somewhere, mm-hmm. getting there, and what am I wearing? This is the craziest thing. I, I, I'm being 100% honest. I have so much anxiety still. If I know I'm going to host a job, for example, I'm going to host an event next week, I am, and what am mm-hmm. I going to wear? How am I going to look? Will I get there on time? When all of that is figured out and I'm at the job, I'm fine. I feel free. It's the, the anticipation of will I be late? What if I forget to go? <laughs> what if I forget to get there? <laughs> what, if I, you know, what if my clothes don't fit? What if, uh, whatever it is, um, I start to have this self-craziness that to this day, I still deal with. And I tell you and your students and your listeners because I think it's nice to hear somebody be 100% honest about the anxiety that they still fight, that they still deal yeah. with. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here thinking I've been worrying. We have our event coming up in like six weeks in New York. And for the last two weeks, I've been like, what am I going to wear each day? What am I going to wear to this part? What am I going to wear to that part? So thank you for making me feel less crazy because now I understand I'm not the only one who has these thoughts 
Like all the other details are fine because I know everything will fall into place. But like, what if my shoes hurt? What am I going to do then? <laughs> it's like those little things that cause me the most anxiety, honestly, as well. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've done to help get over that, because I'm always, there's a fear of, of just not being ready or things are going to – I usually bring two of everything. So if I'm doing an appearance, okay. two stockings, two dresses, you know, I want to be prepared. So I, I, that's what I have learned from my anxiety because the anxiety doesn't go away, right? It's how do we deal yeah. with it. So I just did an yeah. event in Washington in D.C., and I had to pack for three nights of, of an event uh, in, in Washington. And each time I had considered the what-ifs and how will I prepare for that. Same thing when I go to a job um, where there may not – this is the craziest, the most basic thing anybody needs is light when you're working. And oftentimes if you're doing yeah. a Voice of God job backstage, there's no light. So I've prepared and I bring my own flashlight and I bring my own water and I make sure I have my glasses. So that's what I've learned. And I, I, I say what the anxiety is that I still have today, but I've learned how to prepare for it so that it's minimized. And that is, that's a takeaway that I think is important to share. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Always be prepared. It's, very, it's important no matter where you go and what you do to be prepared. That's awesome. Yes, 100%. Well, well, Valerie, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your insights and for sharing your journey with us. Um, I know it's insane, but our half an hour is already up. Can you believe that? Oh, no. We'll do it again. <laughs> Yes, we should. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your Monday to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And yeah, Thanks, thank you so much for your time. I really, I really do appreciate it. Have a great day. You also. Thank you so much. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. I just want to thank everyone so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the VIP Ignite podcast. If you enjoyed my conversation with Valerie, please make sure you hit subscribe because I have a lot of amazing guests coming up on the show. And if you are interested in learning how to network with people like Valerie, please visit our website at ammsociety.com where you can get registered for our next live webinar. Thank you so much and have a great day.